What is up, Never Ending Adventure Podcasts and all of our adventurers and still unnamed people we don't know. I don't know, I don't know what they call y'all. Adventurites. Adventurites. I don't know. I, I had a great one earlier today, but I honestly, for the life of me, could not remember what it is right now. So. I don't know. Well, I'm Ned Pruitt. I'm Russell Tyndall. And we are going to go adventure and do business today. Yeah, today is a business-heavy, business-only, nothing-but-business episode. We're getting down to brass tacks. Uh, this isn't necessarily a we're-charging-you episode. Not yet. We're not, 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 we're not, we're not big, big Not yet, that. but we like business, so we like money. We do like business. And, you know, the only reason we're doing this podcast is for for money. Yeah, it's not like I enjoy, you know, hanging out with you guys or, yeah. you know, talking about my favorite show or anything like that. I asked my dad what I should do for money because my full-time job wasn't enough. And he said, you should start a podcast about a, a niche TV show from, you know, the late 2000s. That's what he said. That's and what he, that's, that's what, the way to do it. It worked my, for him. That's what my dad said when I was born. He said, son, I want you to grow up and create a niche Cartoon Network podcast show, adventure time, all the words. Do do as I say, not as I do, is what <laughs> another thing I think my dad always said. And oh, he actually did say that, though. Oh, man. Well, if you haven't caught on yet, we're talking about business time episode. This is season one, episode eight of Adventure Time, and it is all business, baby. It is all business. And we're introduced to four, I guess, is it four right new characters? One of them has a red tie. The others have blue ties. Yeah. Uh, and the red tie guy is kind of the guy, kind of of the forefront of the group. Early on, they're like trying to melt ice, like glaciers, essentially that float into the beach. Yeah, and they're just like <laughs> going through left left footed shoes or just socks, left footed baby shoes. socks. I love that. And yeah. one of the things that pop up are a bunch of like oh, it's almost like cavemen and ice or whatever type thing. But then when they melt it down. When they flambe the ice, it ends up just being uh, businessmen. Yeah, like zombie zombie businessmen, and and we could even stop there and think about it because it, 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 you know, even Michael, we were we were watching this episode beforehand. Our, our sound engineer brought up a good point. He's like, all the stuff in the icebergs is like human stuff. It's like zombified human businessmen, little human baby socks, only left ones, and like treasures and swords and stuff like that. So it it's odd that out in the ocean, there's all these icebergs with human stuff inside them. I think you're trying to get me to think about something for the future right here. I'm trying That's just to- just what I'm assuming. Because they also get, go, they go back out at the end, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get you theoretically speaking something today. Theoretically speaking. I don't have any uh, theoretical thoughts in any way this episode. I, I don't think, this kind of felt- a little bit more like a fun, like let's get deep with Finn's psyche and Jake's psyche kind of an episode and a little bit less of a, uh, hey, this is going to have big implications in the future sort of an episode to me. I, I did want to ask you though, who did the businessmen remind you of? Was there anyone from like other cartoons or anything like that that they- Oh, kinda, cartoons or real or, life or anything, people? Real life or, yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think I just met or maybe I've generalized after going to college and going to business school and everything like that. Oh, the pussy, fleshy people that you met in business school? Just some of the weird people like that you met that were not trying to go for their aspirations like me and you or or do music. And they were just like, I want to do 
finance. And I'm like, well, cool. Like, what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. Like with the numbers and the money. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. There's some big internships out there. I remember that a couple of guys would brag to me about them getting. And I was just like, yeah, I think my internship's for free. And I think it's like in the middle of nowhere, Athens, Georgia, like for a record label. And I get to work with Nutramilk Hotel albums, maybe. Like it was, it was nothing special. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, but so these guys are like washing up on the beach. I'm surprised that Finn doesn't like have like a moment where he's like, I think these dudes are humans. Cause like, I think that that would be a big deal for Finn. They're, oh, I didn't even think about them. Like maybe the implications of our first human, other human characters. Yeah. Probably. Maybe, maybe besides the, the grandmothers that were the old ladies that were being exploded. Like That's we couldn't true. quite figure out if they were human though. Well, they reminded me of the delightful children from down the lane from Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, uh, man. Talk about a throwback there. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that too, just because I feel like sometimes we're on a very similar wavelength. But that was the first thing because they, they're they very like syncretic, like, or maybe syncretic is not the word. They're in sync, you know, and, and one of them speaks for the whole group and they kind of walk together and all that stuff. And well, I was like just a like, monotone kind monotone, of Monotone, kind of creepy, kind of like what's what's the deal here? Is there... Is there the father in the background or whatever? You know, I don't know. The father in the red tie. And the red tie. But he was a part of the group. I don't know. It was like, certainly— But you're saying like a bigger being controlling these businessmen because they kind of seemed out yeah. of whack. They were kind of the antagonists of the episode in a sense. I, I think—well, they were at, at the end. But I don't think they started out being that. But as we see, um, kind of goes along with a theme is, is business inherently evil— Sort of a thing is is business inherently bad? Is there a way to do business that isn't uh, in a money first mentality? Um, well, I th- I think that they strike a great balance between the two because right off the bat we see that something about business is efficient because these these dudes come right off the beach they build this gauntlet that Finn and Jake had been obviously working a long time on and they knock it out in like two seconds. Yeah, the gauntlet dock is unreal. Like. I just couldn't even imagine trying to do that. Or, I know. Or they, they take it and really it looks pretty scrappy. But then as soon as they go into that really cool, like third person perspective, like in a video game sort of a thing, you have Finn and Jake kind of flying through all the obstacles. It, it's yeah. like next level cool. Yeah. I loved the part. They had like some boots on springs and they, they, like they ran over them and the springs like shot up and kicked them in the butt. There's there's some good like little quotes there though. Right before that happens, I, I believe Jake says uh, hard work sucks, which I think plays again into something we'll talk about later, like laziness or or trying to cut corners any way that you can, sort of a thing. Uh, and then the other was Ben talking about, hey, this is our fun pie. Uh, we should be the ones to bake it, mm-hmm. you know. And so is it a if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, sort of a thing. Or is it kind of more of a, like, it's hard to separate yourself from from your initial worker or from what you're doing, what you love. And once that separation occurs, then issues start to come about. Uh, just things to be thinking about as as we go along this yeah, episode, certainly. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, like, they kick it off at the beginning and end it on the same note that, like, you're really supposed to enjoy the fruits of your labor. That even though hard work sucks, on the flip side not getting to enjoy the fruits of your own labor, there's there's a lack of 
like richness and enjoyment in that thing. Like, yeah, they do the gauntlet, but you see they, they smash up the whole thing by the end and it's done. So they got to enjoy it. But like, I think that they were enjoying spending time together, roasting like glaciers, building this dock rather than taking four seconds to run through the gauntlet. You they know? totally miss, it's the, in my mind, the Rubik's Cube thing, the journey of like doing in a Rubik's Cube. The best part is figuring it out and being stumped for forever. And then when you finally do figure it out, then it's just like, all right, well, sweet. Unless I'm going for time, why Why am I still doing this? And I'm just the guy with the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, there's not like, there's, there's <laughs> if somebody like did a Rubik's Cube for you and gave it to you, you'd be like, now I just have a cube. Yeah, it sweet. wasn't. It wasn't part of the process. Multicolored cube. Pre- appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, we're we're wavelengthing on that, and that and that theme stays pretty true through the entire show. And like, we'll we'll probably talk about that same thing in, in the instances coming up. But they they come back, they invite these business guys to their house, and they're like, "You're gonna be almost like our adventure secretaries," which I think is really funny to to start out with. They almost they're just like managers. They reminded me of kind of how the music industry operates, where you have an artist, the artist focuses on the creative. And then you as an artist manager are taking care of everything else in the background. Anything that they didn't they don't want to do or they're not good at or whatever, you know, you're you're just dealing with everything else other than creating songs and recording songs and performing songs. I thought the same thing, except for the fact that like some of it is unnecessary. So when they follow them over to the hot dog kingdom, which for a second, let's let's pause and talk about Hot Dog Princess in her little tiny hot dog kingdom. Is so, that a kingdom? That's, that's the hot dog kingdom, man. That's cool. So she's she's the hot dog princess. She's got her hot dog kingdom. She's getting attacked by battle cubes. And the businessmen follow Finn and Jake while they're fighting these battle cubes and are like drinking coffee, busting out notes like crazy. They're and like for hours they're taking notes. And it reminded me, I was like, how much of our lives too are spent, like you said, kind of doing the admin work. And at the end of the day, like, are those notes really valuable? Was their administrative work on the two hours of adventuring, like, really valuable? Well, for for the businessmen, they're able to take those notes and essentially sub in for Finn and Jake. They don't beat... I almost was wondering if they were going to beat the cubes and save the princess without Finn and Jake's help at all. But really, all they ended up doing was um, holding them off until Finn and Jake had had some water, had some orange slices, and then we're ready to get back in there and save this ugly little hot dog princess that's actually a hot dog. Yeah. And so, so you're saying, yeah, that, I mean, that brings up a good point that like kind of even, even from like, say like an artist management perspective, you studied these musicians long enough to when they got to take a sabbatical or when they got to hop off stage, you actually have like low key learned all of their songs and you can sub in. You might be able to, but I'm sure not. And I don't think anyone's ever going to pay me to do that at this point in my life. I've been out of the musical realm for a while. But they were able to do that. I mean, it's a little different, you know. I mean, they were learning and taking notes on how exactly they do it. And it it was something that you don't have to, like, spend years of your life performing and mastering. Yeah, come on. We, we, I, I just love metaphors. I'm trying to turn this into a metaphor. No, I know. It's not working as it's well as I expected, but, but it's but it's there. I, I, I see what you're saying for sure, but Well, why is she what what makes a princess? I guess is what I want to know then. If that is a if that is a candy or not a candy kingdom. If that is a kingdom or whatever, the little pit playpen with her doghouse, what makes a prin- like what qualifies? Is there somewhere you have to go to qualify to be a princess or do you just claim I'm the princess of this thing. You know, they never really get into the 
exact definition, but you can see that, and, and I wanted to talk about introductions in this week, and one of the introductions was to Hot Dog Princess and her hot dog kingdom. You learn that she's got about like four little hot dog knights that are just little hot dogs with like like swords and shields <laughs> and armor, and it's like that's awesome, but that's their kingdom. And then we will get introduced to more princesses, all of which have bizarre kingdoms, like there's Raggedy Princess, and she just lives in the dump. Like Raggedy Ann type thing? Yeah, like she's like a bunch of like sewn up gross old socks. And yeah. that's Raggedy Princess. But her kingdom is just like the junkyard. Um, and cool. Ghost Prince, like, there's Ghost Princess, who is a princess because she was a princess in a past life. Then there's, like, so each one is like, there's not a, a, a direct like correlation of what makes you a princess except for, they have kingdoms and subjects and some form of like land and uh, like piece of land or piece of property or people that they control and have jurisdiction over. Well, she was great until she stood up. And then all of a sudden we got like a close up of her face and it just kind of like flopped over. You and know you realized that she wasn't like a dachshund. She was a hot dog. That's, like, that's and when she, I was out. And she smelled like hot dog she water. She smelled like hot dog water. And she wanted to give Finn kisses. It was like, I mean, we've talked like four episodes in a row about how Everybody all, wants to give Finn kisses. Everybody wants to give Finn kisses. He's just like the most attractive most man. Most kissable out character. We got Ice King's heart is the most punchable and Finn is the most kissable. Oh, man. For the but, entire kingdom, I guess. But uh, on on that note too, because we I wanted to, to backtrack in before we even got to um, the the battle cubes. A fun part of this episode is like we I w- I went back and watched it again and was like, oh my gosh, we we got introduced to the three like repeating characters that are awesome, like Hot Dog Princess being one. Right off the bat, I don't know if you noticed, but when Finn lights his torch or his flamethrower. He uses a little a little guy, like a little kid, like a little creature. A little, little flame boy. And his name's Flambo. Flambo. And he's uh-huh. like one of the right hand men to the fire princess. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. He just kind of scampered off. Yeah, he scampered off and but like he continues to come up in like lots of the seasons and he he kind of talks with like a New Jersey accent later. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, is the other one my lovely of the episode? Maybe, maybe not, but we Finally see for the first time, and I've been waiting for it for so long, we see Bimo. Not Rotom. Rotom's Pokemon. Bimo is his name in this thing, right? It is Bimo. Yeah, the, okay. the video game machine. That, yes, yeah, that. I was thinking Rotom. Rotom is a Pokemon in the Pokemonverse that is an electronic Pokemon that sits inside of devices. And for some reason, I didn't want to look it up because I wasn't sure, but... That's what I thought it was. Yes. Yeah, so I was that, like, this is Rotom. That is Bimo. It's Bimo. Okay. Yeah. And you see the little arms and the like Bimo's just sitting down while they were like playing a video game. Yeah, him. I think it was called like um it was called like football nineteen or eighteen sixty one and it was like Abraham Lincoln themed football. That's so great. Well, he is he is definitely my lovely of the episode. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. We don't really see him that much, but there's I just remember liking him a lot and I don't we don't know anything about him from this episode other than the, his, the back of his head. But we're I gonna get, loving him. We're going to get some great Bimo episodes. So hold that. Hold that lovely in your heart because it's going to come out again and you're going to be like, oh, cool. man, like just just bring, on, bring on the Bimo, man. I'm down for the repeat lovelies. Uh, today, he's my lovely. He'll probably end up being my lovely again in the future. I feel like he's got a robotic voice maybe. Um, definitely not Rotom. I'm sorry, Bimo fans. 
Um, and and props to all the Pokemon fans that caught that one out yeah. there. Did we did we get to see one of Finn's first swords, or was this his first sword? I think this is one of his first swords. If if he hasn't used a different one, I can't um, remember. In this the one past. was gold and had like a really cool red gem. Yeah, this one hilt. he does use for a little while, and I can't remember if he loses or breaks this one. Um, or just gets a better replacement uh, after this one. But this is kind of like, I think, from the artwork we see in the advertisements and displays of the show, this is kind of like a staple sword um, and one that's like Finn uses a lot. I don't think there's much special about it besides it's gold. So it's probably, you'll see uh, when you get down into Finn and Jake's like treasure room and they have like lots of cool loot that they've looted. And I think this is just like a, like a cool loot sword. Yeah. The business guys clean it up for him. They're like taking care of his socks, taking care of his shoes and all that stuff. And I'm sure as a 12-year-old, he's never had, I mean, we haven't seen his mom or his dad. So his parents are taking care of him. I am barely taking care of myself as a 20-something-year-old living in Nashville. I can't imagine he's cleaning his socks on a regular basis, which is a little gross to think about. Yeah, he looks like he, they, well, apparently if you can just find socks in icebergs, like you may not have a need to clean them very often. That's true. You got to keep digging though. There are a lot of child left-footed socks out there. Oh yeah, got to find the right-footed one, right-footed ones somewhere. But, but they were they were playing on BMO. I'm going to try my best not to say the other name. And while they were doing that, they were just eating ice cream and, you know, getting a little lazy, getting a little out of shape. And Ben and Jake were just all about it because everything was being taken care of. They had the businessmen. Jake walks over to them and says, hey, what is all this? And there's a whole bunch of new equipment in their house. And basically, the businessman just says, like, we're dealing with all the small issues. We've already seen them perform hero work. And we're going to save the big stuff for you. And and we, lo and behold, see that, like, Basically, there is no big stuff. That was kind of a excuse of like, feel free to do nothing, you know? Yeah, it was LSP was something that I almost considered big. I'm like, this is one of your closest friends, is it not? And she's endangered by a giant Cyclops monster. And Finn and Jake just let the business guy go take care of them. I know, I know. And that makes me think, I mean, it kind of, as it plays back to us, it's hard when you know there's responsibilities that we should be handling. You know that there's stuff that is our forte and we can do a really good job at it and it's meaningful to us. But when we're presented with the option to just be lazy or just let somebody else handle it, it's it's almost too enticing not to take that option and sit and eat, you know, 47 containers of ice cream. Yeah, and, and LSP just kind of, I mean, the award for the most distressed princess easily goes to her. Miss, always, but. always distressed princess. Well, I know that I am getting business out a little bit right now, so I need a break. I think our sponsors want to drop some words in there. I know they paid, like I said, valuable, valuable time. On and then the we show. can we can talk a little bit more about business once we return. We're going to talk about business, and we're going to talk about you and get, me, Russell. Get in we're the gonna, business. We're going to get in the in the grit. NP business here. I know you got needs. Shoot, we all got needs. It's part of being a human. Call today to get your business needs taken care of. Because I, MP Business, I Business and Business, want to take care of your business needs. Just call 1-800-BUSINESS-TIME-TODAY for your free business consultation. That's right, your free 
hands-on consultation. Again, 1-800-BUSINESS-TIME-TODAY. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to that ad. You know that it helps put bread in me and Russell's pockets that we are just getting so much money from the land of ooh and from these these business guys. This was such a great idea. This podcast, just so much money flowing, like passive income. Just passive candy income, just right in my pockets. Drop shipping, all that stuff, not worth doing. I'm telling you right now, start a podcast. We haven't even released an episode and I don't have enough pockets for all the money. For all the, the, the money that's flowing. But we'll get right into it, man. We we want to talk about business. If if y'all didn't know, if you, if you aren't close personal friends with Russell and I, we both went to Terry College of Business. Uh, at the University of Georgia. And this is our forte, man. Go dogs. Go dogs. It is our forte. I'm not going to, the disclaimer here is none of this is going to be incredible business advice. This is simply like, in relation to the episode, here's what I was saying. Um, And the very first thing is, there is a necessity of business. I think in life and, and what we're doing, we're joking about money in the podcast, but essentially, as we're doing this podcast, what I'm noticing is, we're running a business. It is fun. And the reason we wanted to do this is because we're doing this because we love it, because we're passionate about it, because this is such a cool subject to be talking about every week. But then we start diving into, well, okay, we got to release this. Where are we going to release it? What's distribution? What is the marketing for this podcast? How are we going to promote it? You know, there's so many little bits and pieces. And the truth is, anything that you do, any passion that you have will eventually lead to you're successful or if you're trying to grow it into a business. You got to survive and and you want to do your passions, but you want to do your passions for a living. Yeah, man. I mean, I completely agree with you in a sense that like, if we didn't do the work on our podcast, if we didn't do the stuff that was like the admin and the Excel sheets and the distribution and the strategy meetings, that if I just showed up here every Wednesday night, said my piece, did a recording and went home, I wouldn't have as much of a love for it. And there wouldn't be such a a joy in being able to put it out and be like, this is like the pad. This is what I've worked on, man, you know? Yeah. And we would be doing it to an audience of zero without any sort of promotion, without any sort of marketing. There's a necessity to dive deeper into what you're doing and figure out how to make it work. And Finn and Jake fail as business owners to a degree because they don't delegate well. Yeah. Well, give me the flip side of that coin because I know you're about to flip the coin and say, what is the 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 flip side of everything can't be business, you know? Everything can't be business and there has to be passion. It kind of gets down to my lesson of this episode. There's an importance and I kind of wanted to focus in on your mission statement, I think is incredibly important. I think the mission statement is a way to keep that passion, especially for the CEOs, for the upper uh, level management, all that stuff. Those guys need to like live and breathe the mission statement and really believe it, especially if you're the person writing it. And if your mission statement means nothing to you, you know, I mean, and hopefully it's something more than just, you know, we're trying to make money. Yeah. You know? Well, and and really that's why Jake and Finn's Mission is awesome. It's like they're adventuring. They're protecting people. They are on a, a, a driven mission to keep Ooh a safe place for all of the living creatures that are there. And their mission, they, you know, the, so they have a, a solid mission statement. The business guys believe in that mission statement, but they are so business focused that they are 
just doing stuff, it's almost like doing busy work. They're sucking these little white fluffs into their care sack and it doesn't serve a purpose besides it's it's logical, it's reasonable. But when Jake and Finn go, they're not happy. That's our mission statement is for these guys to be happy. They go, happiness isn't a factor. Happiness is not what matters in business. And that's what I think the flip side of that coin that you're talking about is that if you're doing business for the sake of business with no driven mission statement, with no values that you're upholding. That how you're staying you, rooted in. Yeah, you're yeah. staying rooted in the values. And then then you end up in situations where you're just sucking things into care sacks for no reason. So that gets into the other point of like something our professor that I think we shared, I don't know if we can name him, music business professor, told in his very first class or one of his first classes was success hides a multitude of sins. And so for Finn and Jake, once once they made it, once they had a business around them, once they had workers, they got lazy and they got out of shape and they stopped heroing and they forgot their purpose of heroing. Um, I mean, even the business guys are saying like what I was saying earlier, um, just the small things and we'll take, or you stress about the big things because it's delegated at that point. But the people they delegated it to didn't have that same care for adventure, adventuring, didn't have that care for saving people. And in their mind, it was all about the bottom line. It was all about profit. It was all about just whatever it takes to keep these people safe. Who cares if they're happy? Who cares if they're enjoying their time? They like the product or whatever. Let's put them in our, let's put these little white creatures in our care sack, which is a fun little, uh, I don't know. What's that a metaphor, Ned? I don't, I don't know. It sounds very like womb-esque. It sounds very like come back to the mother. But uh, I I loved that. Like I thought it was so creepy and funny that it's it's very much like kind of the uh, AI debacle or AI debate that like once there is a robot that can think for itself and it's only running on logic, it's only running on business, then it starts uh, – putting humans in prisons because they're endangering their self. Doesn't matter if they're happy, but it's logical. Yeah, and, and we're so, inefficient, you know. And inefficient yeah. and a danger to ourselves. And totally I'm sure flawed. The, these little white fluffs were terrorizing uh, LSP, but not really. LSP was just being dramatic, right? Was it LSP? Who was the princess? Or was it just, I think at that point, it was just the little white things were all afraid. Oh, that's what it was. And oh, okay. what it was, was they were afraid. And then the big reveal was, oh, it's, it is the businessman. Like the, the business has flipped and turned and now they're the issue. Yeah, that's what it's it was. It's no longer, yeah. It's really what I had written down was that Finn and Jake had a reliance on heightened efficiencies, uh, which led to a lack of um, motivation and a lack of focus on why they started and, and what they wanted to do. They lost their desire the hero and nearly their ability to hero. And Finn and Jake, for them, the, the problem was the initial solution was Jake setting out. I mean, he unfortunately set out to be lazy. By hiring the businessman, he was like, oh, well, we don't have to do any of this. And Ben was resistant to that. He didn't want to just hire out for the work that he loved doing, that he was still passionate about. And they didn't need it at that point. And that was almost an issue in and of itself was hiring too quickly or delegating too quickly and just having it not be their business anymore at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, like losing touch with like, you know, that fine line between like management and then being in the trenches yourself. Like, they are, you know, I'm sure that there's plenty of managers out there that are so 
uh, high level and so removed that they just go, oh, if there's no fires to put out, then I don't have to do anything today. And they consider, and then they just don't end up doing anything. Got to go golfing at that point. Yeah, that's 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 the the golf mentality manager over Maybe there. Maybe I do want that. Maybe well, I want this podcast to get there to where I could just go golfing. Oh yeah, I'll come in and record once a week. Oh, I can't believe I got to do this. Have little podcast interns running around doing our work for us. Oh, they'd be so adorable. They'd be so adorable. But I was going to ask you because I wanted to ask you the question: like, where do you see yourself right now? If we're sitting on a fine line of having to do the balance between over-businessing, and over-chilling, over-resting. Where do you find yourself now? Where do I find myself personally? Yeah. I think I think I'm in a good spot right now. I think we're in a good spot with this podcast. I think just in general in life. I, I will say I'm hyper-productive, um, like almost morally, which is a weird thing. So my, my productivity plays into whether or not I feel like I did a good job or I was good today or, uh, you know, that's an issue, certainly. But that's just, I think we got into that maybe on a different episode. It's just part of who I am as a person, you know, and we deal with that stuff. And and you're dealing with that now when we're talking about this podcast and I'm like, hey man, yeah, I, I sent these emails to these people. I'm trying to get, you know, there's just all these things going through my head. And if I wasn't doing that, I feel like I wasn't doing a good job. But it does bring up a really good point in that my thought for food which is uh, my little segment on here are my thoughts. Please review us and like maybe there's some worth in it. It's to take a break, you know, find the balance essentially like what you're saying. Like, are, do you feel like you're there right now or how do you feel about all I, that? I feel like I've found a good balance. Uh, I think right now I'm leaning a little bit more on the Finn and Jake ice cream belly molding ice cream, uh, molding Ice King and Princess Bubblegum into my belly right now, just a little bit. Um, more in a sense, like I've done so much in the last four years. I've finished college, got married, moved across the country, came back, had three jobs, grinded, bought a house this year, and and it's a good, I'm in a rest period, but especially through COVID and through having to be stuck inside and being a little bit like forced to be stagnant. It's time stamping the podcast. Here. Not to time stamp this episode in any way. Time stamp it. That I I think that I had I am at my good rest. I've had my water and orange slices and I gotta get back out in the field. I gotta be I gotta do a little bit more in terms of the grind, in terms of getting back to my mission. My missions hasn't changed or anything like that. But maybe I just need to get back out there, get a little bit of this ice cream belly down and 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 pick back the sword up and start adventuring a little bit, a little bit more. And find the balance. Find the balance in life in general and everything. I mean, we're talking about being productive and, and, and the way that you are going about your life on that side of things, finding that balance, but also with food. We want to eat healthy. We want to eat vegetables, all that stuff. But then there is a level of, you almost need to... Um, have ice cream every once in a while. Go on a fun date where you do splurge and you get whatever crazy sushi roll thing, which I guess sushi is moderately healthy, but maybe not healthy financially. Yeah, you know, you, you, you splurge chicken. on all that stuff. Everything's balanced, you know? And it, my food for thought or my thought for food is simply take a break, find the balance of somewhere between being lazy and needing that break because if you don't stop moving, if you keep going... A, that we as humans need rest. Ben and Jake needed to take a moment and be a little lazy and play some video games with BMO 
and not worry about heroing. Unfortunately, in their kingdom, it seems like there's constantly something going on, something that they could save or, or it doesn't seem like there's another hero out there. It doesn't seem like there's anyone else trying to do this work as well that they're almost competing against to being the ultimate hero. I mean, he, like what you were saying in the previous episode, is the hero of the Candy Kingdom. Right. So they need a break because he's going to get burned out. There's so many negative side effects to not taking a break. If you're lifting every day, you're going to hurt yourself. If yeah. you're working every day for seven hours or 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, you're going to overstress. It's going to cause anxiety. There's just so many negative side effects to not taking a break. But on the other hand, if all you're doing is sitting around watching Love Island, it's not exactly, not to say that I'm doing that on my weekends, maybe. It's not exactly the the healthiest thing either. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, a, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty like standard thing of like, like you're saying burnout's real, man. Burnout is tough. Probably maybe Finn and Jake were burnout and that's why uh, they, got these business guys, got lazy. But when you even have post, like rest post burnout, that's like the definition of burning out is you're like, okay, when I take a break, it's that much harder to get back up. And so, so the business and, and rest, it's all about ebb and flow. Like don't go so hard on the business side and the work side that when you stop, you just crash. And so that's-, that's And you can't get back into you it. You can't get back into it. Or, I mean, same thing like- you know, uh, we did um, like we did like a six week long crazy diet last year where it was like nothing for six weeks, no carbs or not carbs. It was that uh, no gluten, no sugar, no booze for six weeks. And then when you stop that, it's almost so much easier to go back into like, well, now I'm going to eat twice as much sugar. Now I'm going to eat twice. So it's that whole like ebb and flow, the balance of life, the balance of responsibilities. And so I think that that's like a great lesson. I think that that is, again, we just took an episode that I I maybe passed over 10,000 times uh, watching over and over again. And the more you think about it and the more you're, we're really talking episode to episode about Finn's development in this show, that that's the 12-year-old boy life lesson is like, dude, you can't be lazy, but it's cool. It's take your breaks. Go play the BMOs. Go eat your ice cream because that's that's a good thing in life, you know. Yeah, there is time in life, but also life is is fleeting in a sense. You know, you are twenty seven or or seventeen or whatever once, but at the same time, if that's all you're thinking about, if you're stressing about, oh my gosh, life is flying by and I need to be so hyper productive all the time, you're never going to get where you want to be. A, by doing that anyways. Yeah. You know, you got to find that balance and trust that you're doing the right things to get to where you're meant to be in life. Um, and it almost, you know, there are deeper subjects that we could dive into. We could dive in the faith. We could dive in the so much more right there. But I think for this episode, that's a pretty good spot to kind of start to wrap things up a little bit. Yeah, man. I, well, I wanted, since we didn't do a theoretically speaking of this episode, I want to get that. the gears churning for the rest of season one for you and kind of gets you thinking, this is actually one of the first times in the series and, and Pendleton Ward actually dropped it in an interview he did after they they dropped this episode. This is the first episode where the writers did publicly state that they, that Ooh was in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Really? Yeah. So Whoa. so think about this because I- And why? And I started thinking about it because I was like, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast- 
there's human stuff coming in on icebergs out of the ocean, zombified businessmen that had cell phones, briefcases, everything. They access a satellite. They were like, we're, we're tracking global adventures via satellite. And you're like, whoa, there's a satellite in the air in a very, very like 20th century looking satellite. And you're like, how in the, there's candy people. There's no scientists. There's no astronauts here. And then lastly, oh, what was it? I wonder how long ago it occurred. I mean, Finn, oh. and, or Finn is so young. He's 12 years old. We saw grandmas survived, I guess. Maybe. Well, and we, we, we maybe still think they're, they're magical. Maybe. Yeah. But, oh, it was um, right when, when the businessmen get launched up into the, they all get launched into the sky and they all, you know, float back down. And Finn's like, I want to hire you back. That's the first like pan over of ooh you get to see. I don't know if you you took kind of like a still shot. I gotta go back. That's such island. a good point. Yeah, there was it was you could see the outlay of ooh, so you can see that that it's not any sort of like actual continent that exists now. I can only assume that it's multiverses colliding. I, I don't know. Was was ooh once Earth? Was it once only human? And then at some point, another. Multiverse was breached, or, See, or this is why this combined. is why I dropped that fact at the end of the episode because I wanted to end today with gears churning. And next week or the next couple of episodes, your gears are going to be churning for too many theoretically speakings. Good. Well, this wasn't necessarily theoretically speaking, but definitely something for me to be thinking about in the future whenever I'm ranting about something that's not true. In, oh yeah, in the universe. I do. Let's go ahead and, and get back on a little bit of our, our beef. I I just wanted to follow up on my beef. Good Mythical Morning. I called them out a couple episodes back. I wanted to say they've done a much... It's almost like I put out those feelings into the universe and then they're like, oh, let's do a couple episodes not on food. And for that, Rhett and Link, thank you so much. You're back on food. I get it. It's Easter. But... The episode's recently been really good. I've really been enjoying Good Mythical Morning. My other thing was Zaxby's. Don't think I can keep eating Zaxby's. No, that's going to give you some poops, dude. Well, it's, it is that for sure. But it's also the Zaxby's off of Weston. Or not Weston, Charlotte Avenue. Yeah, that. Yeah, the big the big one on the hill. There. They just, man, like they, they gave me no chicken. They gave me no sauce. It was the, like the worst kicking chicken. It was a soggy bread. Line took forever. There's just no excuses, Zaxby's. You you keep doing this to me, and I keep going back because I love you, but I just can't keep keep doing this. Yeah, y'all, we're in Nashville. If you didn't already know that, if we if you haven't caught up or or been in touch with the podcast, we have too many amazing hot chicken places to be snacking on Zaxby's. And not enough Chick-fil-A. Not enough Chick-fil-A Any more of the Lord's Chicken in, in Nashville. The Lord's Chicken is the best chicken. It is. I would say, man, my beef, it, I I wondered when it was going to come time for this beef, but actually, and, and maybe I will withdraw this beef later, but it was with Joe Rogan this time. Well, And it's, it has what nothing, about him? It has nothing to do with this podcast, but I know how much of like, he's revered as a podcast person. I've never listened to a full episode of his podcast so it wasn't on that, but I've been on a huge Netflix stand-up kick the last couple of weeks. I don't and think all of his stand-up really holds up anymore. It just—it was so bizarre because I was like, "How is this guy running one of the world's like most successful and listened to podcasts?" Because on stage he was like, "Hey, hey, hey, 
you saying this, you saying that. And he was just yelling so much. And I was like, whoa, like, how do you, how do you calm down and sit in a studio? Like, so it was weird. And my, so it's not necessarily beef, but I was like, I mean, I'm glad that he's got a good podcast, but dude, like, I know you're funnier than just yelling on stage, you know? It's a brand. I, I think what we see with comedians is a lot of times they have to attach themselves to a style of comedy that isn't out there or whatever, whether you're Chris Farley or Robin Williams, they all have their own style or whatever that gets them noticed. I can't say I've ever really listened to Joe Rogan's com- stand-up comedy. I think he is great as a podcaster. I think he spends a lot of time, you know, vibing, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no hate, na- yeah. no hate on him. Like I said, no hate on him, but like by far probably one of the worst you stand-ups. Don't, you don't I've, love the stand-up. Whoa. No, yeah, like one one of the not as good stand-ups I've seen. That's and fair. I've seen some some worse ones than that. Don't get me wrong, but for how much he's hyped up, I was I was very let down. So that's that's beef. No, his so, podcast isn't a comedy podcast. Exactly. No, no. His and, and no beef on the podcast. Beef on Joe Rogan stand up. But that's fair. Man, this this was a good one. I feel like this was uh, very much like stuff that's applicable to us. I I even was thinking yesterday. I was like, I don't know how I can how I can think about business guy episode for for more than the ten minutes that it lasted. So I'm glad that we kind of got into some some ethical dilemmas and or like I said what we talked the other week about introspection and you know really kind of analyzing where we're at and and man I love looking at the lessons Finn learns and then being like well shoot you know am I learning those lessons am I applying those lessons so this was this was good this was good digestion and and thought provoking time here yeah maybe we'll see even our friends uh the delightful businessmen from down the lane uh, later in the future, maybe they'll melt on another shore that we're on in our adventure. I don't want them to come to Nashville, that's for sure. I don't either, but there's enough of those guys. You could find them if you look around hard enough. Yeah, we just got to look for the guys that's got the tightest and most uh, not breathe-worthy uh, necktie in town, and maybe we'll talk to him and be like, hey, man, do you want to go eat some ice cream with us? Maybe not burn out as much. Best and worst part about the music industry is I bought a suit before getting into it and have yet to wear it. Have yet to wear the suit. That yeah. maybe that's a good thing. It helps us be the not business guys. But well, thanks for joining us, you guys. Thanks. Another episode of Never Ending Adventure podcast. Um, this was a great, great little time. We've enjoyed it and can't wait for next week. Yeah, tune in next week. We're gonna talk about Tiffany. Man, I I've got some thoughts about Tiffany. Cool. Review us, do all the things, check us out on the socials. Never Ending Adventure Podcast, and we'll see y'all next week. Go Braves. Man, oh man, you guys stuck with us through all of these episodes so far. And right now, we are just feeling cloud nine in it. We are just so happy that you guys are here, and we love you guys. This podcast was recorded by Ned Pruitt and Russell Tyndall. It's Russell. I'm in Ned's basement. He's got me locked up. He's in my basement. And it was also engineered by Michael. Someone call my mom. And we love Michael. We don't love Russell. I do love Michael, though.